Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and Fallen First Responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. On this episode, we have our friend Chadwick Moore. Chad is an author. He is the author of the uh, upcoming Tucker, a book about Tucker Carlson, a biography of the man himself. He also writes for The Spectator and other cool places. Mr. Chadwick, good to have you back on the program, sir. Hey, always great to be here, Buck. So, you know, I, I remember uh, they used to tell us some story uh, that there was like one, when I was working in the government, that there was like one State Department analyst, I think. Maybe this is totally urban legend from the community, but this is what they used to say. There was like one State Department guy who, and there's usually a million of them on everything, who was covering East Timor. And if you remember, there was a time back in East Timor, there was a, you know, a conflict, and I think it was a genocide, and things that horrible. And I'm like, it was the one guy. He was right at the place, right at the time. I mean, Tucker is a very, very well-known name across the board. Um, but to be writing the book on the guy who becomes the center of the cable news universe for no longer being on cable news must be quite a trip. I mean, you kind of are the analyst on the issue in cable news right now, which is Tucker. What was that like? 
Uh, yeah, it was a, a trip to be, I mean, well, it was, uh, well, just, you know, we started this over a year ago working on this book and I had submitted my manuscript in March, only two months after my deadline, which is pretty good for a book. And, uh, we were going through the editing process. We were already done with it. And I had the, huh, the day that he, so I was on Tucker's last show that we didn't know was going to be his last show, which was April uh, 21st. And uh, that day, I actually had a phone call with him scheduled for my final phone call. I had literally five questions laid out, like, did I get this right? Can you explain this more? And um, uh, he had a flight that was delayed. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Can we reschedule this for Monday? And I said, sure, I'll text you Monday morning. And then Monday morning, uh, I saw I got the news like everyone else did. I saw on Twitter that his show was got pulled off the air. So, you know, of course, uh, my uh, publisher, my editor calls me, almost sounded like he was in tears, like, what are we going to do? What is going on? And um, it was, uh, of course, I texted Tucker, but didn't hear back for a few days because everyone in the world was texting him. Uh, but, you know, after we kind of the dust settled a bit and we thought about it for a minute, we were like, this doesn't really change anything about the book. We just have to go back and change the tense from present to past tense when we talk about his Fox 2 show. And then also we need to add to the book. So I got to interview him twice since the show was taken off the air and added two new chapters to the book um, because it was a book, you know, about his life and, and who he is as a person and as a man and uh, just what his world's like. So I suppose with the book, nothing really much had to change. Uh, we just had to add to it. Um, but it's, uh, uh, I guess it's kind of a trip that yes, this did happen right as we were getting ready to announce the book. I mean, we were, uh, the original publication date was May 31st. So we've had to public push it back to July 18th now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty wild. Now, what can, what can you tell us about, I mean, there's so much stuff that I want to ask you, but I, I don't see unlike, I know when people used to ask me questions when I, when I came out of government, it's like, don't ask me the questions, you know, I can't answer. Cause that's no fun. Cause I'm just going <laughs> to not answer them. So I'm trying to ask you things that I know you'll be able to answer without, you know, either spilling too much of what would be in the book, but also, um, I know you're having a lot of conversations probably these days that are, uh, uh, certainly non-attribution and maybe even off the record in effect about this. What do we know about why Fox made the decision that they did at this point in time? Like what is known? Well, there's nothing we can say with absolute certainty because there's no documentation of this, but what, what is known, I think we can say with a relative amount of fact is that it was something to do with the dominion situation all right it was uh, as a result of the of the defamation suit and the settlement now whether it was a condition in the settlement or not we don't know my sources told me that it was that these are more than one source who i believe would know and these are uh, people who've not misled me before and i don't have any reason to believe they would mislead me now or that they have any reason to lie or make this up that is what i was told now You'd ask to me what my theory would have been. I never would have said that to be the case, that it was a, that it was a condition settlement. Dominions, of course, denied this. Uh, Fox has denied this. That's what I was told. My theory would have been that it was essentially uh, Rupert Murdoch, someone at Fox, Fox management, wanting to make an example out of Tucker Carlson. Because everyone I talked to at Fox, all the producers, uh, former talent, current people who work there, have all told me the same thing about this. And they, you know, when, when asked, this makes no sense. Why would Fox News take the ratings juggernaut off the air? And everyone says the same thing. They say management is literally stupid. This is just what they say to me. And that the fact that they didn't understand that Tucker had a brand that was as powerful, if not more powerful than the entire network. They sort of thought, well, we lost big talent before. Bill O'Reilly, Megyn Kelly, Lou Dobbs, Glenn Beck. 
and we were always fine. Uh, so people told me they didn't really understand the fact that Tucker Carlson isn't really seen as just a talk show host. He's really seen as a political movement. And he was bringing so many people to cable news and to Fox that normally wouldn't be there to the point where he was almost artificially extending the life and relevance of cable news all on his own. So my gut would have told me that it was someone trying to make an example out of him to get everyone in line at Fox because he did not push those those theories about the voting machines being rigged at all. In fact, he pushed against them quite strongly. Other Fox personalities that did push those theories are still on the air. They still have jobs. That's what my gut would have told me. Uh, I had sources tell me something else. So that's sort of where we're at. But I think we can safely say it had something to do with the Dominion situation. Does Fox recognize what I mean, people are starting to say that Fox Bud lighted itself with this move. Now, that might be a bit extreme, but what do you see? What do you think? Well, just percentage wise, the numbers are worse than Bud Light. I mean, Bud Light, we had these great visuals everywhere of like the empty store, the empty shelves, and Bud Light being stolen, given away for free. But Fox's numbers are, Bud Light's down like 25% in sales. Fox's numbers are down like 62% in the key demographic and 40%. Or thirty-seven percent year over year from last year. Is that so is that just wise, in the eight o'clock hour, or is that across prime time? That's across. That's across all prime time. That's across the entire network, actually. And Tucker Ouch. was number one in the key demographic in all of cable, uh, which is a twenty-five to fifty-four year old demographic. He was also number one in twenty-five to fifty-four year old Democrats in all of cable. More Democrats of that age watched his show than any other cable news show. Uh, so percentage wise, it's pretty bad. I mean, I don't know if uh, you know. It's a similar situation to Bud Light, people say, because it's an example of Fox News betraying their customer, betraying their base, their, their core audience. I mean, people are really taking this um, seriously. And, you know, it almost seems like now, because Fox has done a lot of things to really annoy and piss off its audience. And most prominently, I'm thinking before this, I'm thinking of calling, they called Arizona quite early for Joe Biden. But it seems like a lot of people would continue to watch Fox or at least Tucker. Uh, and kind of give the network a pass. I don't think a lot of people were um, misled about what kind of a company News Corp is. They know it's a big globalist multinational corporation. They probably weren't happy with a lot of their investors and the things that News Corp is up to, but perhaps they would give News Corp a pass because they allowed Tucker Carlson to speak. And you know, they must. a lot of people must thought, well, they let this guy say the things he does. They can't be that bad. Now that they've gotten rid of him in such a mysterious and unceremonious way, um, I don't think those people are coming back. It's been, uh, you know, over, it's been six weeks now and they haven't returned. I've never seen anything like it. Certainly in the, in the TV news business. I don't know if anyone could point to something similar in the past. It's obviously different than the departure of both Bill O'Reilly and Megan Kelly, right? Fox wanted Megan to stay. She decided to leave. Bill had to go and nobody really, even in the audience, I think blamed Fox for that. Um, I don't, I don't remember. There are a lot of being like, Oh my God, how could you fire him based on the, the facts of the case as it was at the time, despite the fact that he was, uh, had big ratings. This feels very, very different. And, and it also, you know, as I sit here and speak to you, there's all this reporting over Fox sending a cease and desist letter for Tucker to stop posting a video of himself that is a monologue, but you know, it's on Twitter. Um, to me, this is starting to feel a little bit like, do you remember when some of the record uh, recording companies, record companies were suing like 14-year-old kids for downloading stuff on Napster and everybody was like, <laughs> you really can't 
Like, you're not helping yourself with this one. And, I mean, I you know, the cease and desist letter to me, that, that's now public record, and that's not going to help with bringing back the audience, it feels like. I just don't understand the move. It's really strange, and you're right. And I love that Napster comparison. It, 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 in the same vein, too. So what I was told what, when Tucker announced he was doing a show on Twitter, the reason why they were doing Twitter is that Twitter was not included in his non-compete. So I've not seen Tucker's contract, but that's what I was told by people who would know. Uh, and that's why I decided to go to Twitter. But also, you know, if you look at that cease and desist that Fox sent, it's almost like they're implying that he, oh, the, the language they use was uh, that he's rendering services. Well, he's not being paid by Elon Musk. He's not making money on Twitter. So I don't, legally, I don't think that counts as rendering services in a legal sense. Secondly, you know, everyone on Fox is allowed to have a Twitter account and give their opinions on the current political issues of the day on Twitter. So you could argue, is Fox doing anything but that? If he, I'm sorry, is Tucker doing anything but that if he's just putting out videos, giving his political opinions of the day, not making any money off of it? Uh, we don't know, but he is currently still an employee of Fox News and he's still getting paid to not have a show. And the cease and desist letter makes it seem as though Fox would like to keep him off the air and that is to be keep him silent until his contract runs up, which is after the next presidential election. Now, that's strange and that's bizarre, especially for a company that's made such a rallying cry out of free speech and both censorship by the government and by private corporations. They have you know, a segment on every day probably about some corporation trying to silence someone. And yet here they are silencing probably the most influential and, and effective conservative voice in the country. Let's come back in a second here with uh, Chad's book, Tucker. And uh, Chadwick, I want to know what you learned about Tucker for, for this, but that people might not know, right? I mean, we know him from the TV presence, but I uh, want to see what, what you can tell us about what the, the man behind the show is, is really like. So we'll get to that in just a second. Um, for everybody out there, you know, you just need to do some things in life that are very, uh, you know, adult things to do. Um, you know, you got to well, not just brush your teeth. I mean, that's pretty basic, but, you know, you got to prepare for the future and financially. And that means having a life insurance policy, especially if you've got a husband or a wife, you got kids, you want to prepare for your financial future just in case something happens. Now is a good time to future proof your family's finances by getting good life insurance. And Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy it. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $25 per month for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you and not the insurance companies. There are no added fees and your personal details are private. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. That's Policy Genius. Go to policygenius.com. Uh, that's policygenius.com and get set up to, uh, today. Get those insurance quotes. See how much you can save. Just get this done. I just got it done recently myself. Now, uh, also, please subscribe to the uh, channel here. If you're watching this for the first time, we're going to have more great interviews with folks like Chad uh, and talking to you about all the important issues you care about. So please subscribe and also comment below. Send me some comments what you think. Chad, what did you learn about Tucker from doing a book on him that you didn't know before and that people should know? Well, you know, he's, I, I knew, I don't think many cable news hosts really deserve a biography or, or would be a really interesting one to read, honestly. But I kind of always knew, you know, just kind of getting known that he was a very interesting and, and interesting guy and a very, I think, emotionally and, and intellectually 
uh, rich guy. And he, I certainly discovered that, you know, the most important things in his life are, are definitely his relationship with his wife and his kids. He and his wife, Susie, have been together since they were 15 years old, which is pretty amazing. And they just have one of the most loving and wonderful relationships I've ever seen. You know, they welcomed me to stay in their home while I was writing this book. Uh, and uh, they were just, uh, it was so great to see that side of him. Um, but you know, it's, it's, he comes from a, a, a very interesting childhood and background. His dad, Dick Carlson, is a journalist. He was on television as well. Uh, and Tucker's mother, um, Lisa Lombardi, she was this California heiress and she abandoned his family. She abandoned her children and husband when he was six years old and Tucker never saw her again. So that's sort of an interesting thing to, to delve into. She died in 2011 without him ever seeing her again after he was six years old. And just kind of learning about the history of his, his family on both sides. His father was an orphan. There was a sort of long line of abandonment and dysfunction that went back generations. And you really see how Tucker has organized his life and relationships to really end that uh, and, um, and to, put, to put a stop to that. Uh, you know, that was a wonderful thing to see. It's also, he's just hilarious. It's just, you can just sit around and talk to him for hours and he can talk about anything. So for a biographer and for a writer like me, he's an absolute dream subject. You just sit down and let him rip and you want to get all of it down because it's so hilarious and delightful and entertaining. So that was a pleasure, you know, just the level to which he was so open. He was just um, allowed me into his life and, um, and didn't think twice about it uh, and, and trusted me. And, you know, he's not seen a word of the book, nor has he asked to. I'm an independent biographer. Um, so that was really, really uh, wonderful to see and, and experience. You know, I always heard he was sort of like that, but to actually experience it was really great. Just one thing that I, I always remember about uh, when Tucker was doing his show in D.C. and I lived in D.C. for a short while, about to 18 months. Uh, and I so occasionally I would I would I know you've been a guest on a show tons of times. I used to do a show uh, from time to time and uh, sitting with him on set. It's funny because a lot of the, and this isn't a, a knock on on anyone else and how they do things. But a lot of the hosts, when you're either right about to start the segment or, you know, you're in a break between segments, they're just very, you know, they have their papers and they're like, you know, OK, this is what we're going to talk about. And they're very Tucker's in there. He's just like, I mean, did you see that guy? And like this guy's, you know, and like he's he's talking to you right before you're about to be on air before three million people are watching. He's talking to you like you're like you're sitting next to him at a bar or you're in a boat fly fishing with him or whatever. And he's just letting it rip and then camera and he just goes. Right. But it's you know what I mean? Like other people are like, OK, so like this is we're going to and they're like reading the prompter and they're all focused and they're all, you know, they're all in the Ron Burgundy mode. Tucker's sitting there. He's just like, wow, like, you know, I never really played lacrosse. Like, that's interesting. And he just like starts talking about stuff. It's so true. I mean, that I, I actually described that exact scene in the book because I, I would sit and watch his show. And he, he, there would always be these local people who would come in and watch just like little like, you know, guys who lived in the area or like little old ladies every night. And he'd just be sitting there cutting up, chatting, blah, blah. blah. And then suddenly, good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. And you're like, whoa, whoa, he just went live. Wow. Okay. Uh, every single time. You're totally right. That's exactly how it is. And then commercial break, he's just like chatting, having a great time. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really kind of a fun thing to, to be a part of and to witness for sure. What can you tell us? Uh, uh, I want to I get to um, what he's planning to do, Chadwick, next. And then I've got some, it is, it is Pride Month, as you may be aware. I want to ask you some questions about how that's playing out in a bunch of different ways, corporate America, politically and otherwise. We'll get to that in a second. Computers are like supercomputers these days. I mean, compared to what I grew up with, and I remember the little floppy disk going in there. I mean, right now you're walking around with a smartphone in your hand. You have more computing power than the entire NATO alliance would have had 30 years ago. I mean, it's crazy what's changed, right? They got a lot of stuff 
uh, computers, laptops, whatever you're carrying around with you, smartphones. But like any item that you own, they can break and fail. And if that happens, it's generally going to be at the most inconvenient time. So do yourself a favor and back up the data you have on your computer while it's working so perfectly right now. The, comp- the company I rely on for this is iDrive. Their online cloud-based backup storage systems are second to none. You download their data and then schedule how often you want to regularly back up the data that's on your computer. Once you've done that, then anytime you need to reobtain the data on your computer, you can go online from a different computer and start to reclaim your most recent download. iDrive's backup have military-grade encryption. It's secure, and only you can access it with your password. Not to mention iDrive is PC Mag's winner eight years in a row, has the best cloud backup solution for everyone, consumers and businesses. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout for 90% off for the first year. So just go to iDrive.com, use promo code Buck. Plans start at less than $7 a month, but with promo code Buck, you get 90% off that first year. iDrive.com, use promo code Buck. All right, what's next for what's next for Tucker? Well, a legal battle, it looks like, with Fox mm. News. Uh, they're lowering up. Uh, what I suspect is that they might have their sights on launching their own media company, their own channel, like, um, I don't know, like the Blaze or Daily Wire or something like that. Um, there was uh, actually, so <laughs> funny enough, it was sort of common knowledge around Fox for a while that they were looking at starting a Tucker Carlson channel within Fox News. And uh, once again, how you know short-sighted perhaps management was, they, at the end of it, decided, no, 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 we're just going to give you two shows on Fox Nation. Fox Nation is the future, and that's how it's going to be. Um, I'm not sure how Fox Nation is doing since Tucker got canned, but uh, this has sort of been something that his producers have been looking at to do for a while. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction that he went. Uh, they've told me that they're in no way committed to staying on Twitter. They're going to test it out, see how they like it, um, but uh, they don't feel committed to staying there. Now, of course, there's obviously the legal issues right now. And, and I, I have to say my sense of this, I mean, there's what I, there's what I have heard from people and there's what I've read is that Tucker has open, has he openly said that he's willing to walk away, that Fox doesn't have to pay him. He just wants to walk away and let bygones be bygones and, and they won't let him. Is that the, the state of affairs right now with regard to the next step? Uh, I believe that's what he has said. I'm, I'm not sure the exact quote. Uh, but it's like these Fox contracts. And again, I haven't seen his can be so onerous that I, it's like, they won't even allow him to do that. And, and, and I believe there's some sort of, I can't remember what the clause is, but something like, well, if you go somewhere else, you have to start paying us or something like that. So, uh, I mean, who knows how, how restrictive his contract is. His contract though, was never as restrictive as some Fox people. You can just tell by looking because some Fox people, they can't have their image or voice appear anywhere, like no podcasts. They can't give speeches, things like that, without you know getting permission from Fox. That was never the case with Tucker Carlson. He could kind of do whatever he wanted and appear where he wanted. Huh. Interesting. Well, I think that the future of the digital platforms that are out there is very bright, and I think that, I mean, I'll I'll speak from the uh, from the personal perspective here. I I have cut my cable cord um, it, 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 for the first time, actually. And the only thing is funny. I mean, I really, I'll admit this. The only thing that I was really using, because I don't watch professional sports, really, like maybe tennis, you know, during the U.S. Open or something, but I really don't watch professional sports. The only thing that I would watch with my cable subscription was Fox News at 8 o'clock. I would watch, I usually don't have time for the whole show, but I would watch his monologue, and that was it. I was, so I'd watch the first 15 minutes, give or take. And, and since he left, I mean, and, uh, and I've, I've cut my cord to cable, 
And I sit here and I say, I don't miss it at all. And I don't think that business model is sustainable or long term anymore. So I don't know what that means for cable news. CNN is obviously in total disarray as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, like Newsmax is beating CNN in some time slots. Last I saw, uh, it 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 does seem like a medium that has lo- that has lasted longer than anyone would expect it to have, and uh, it's diminishing returns. I've been hearing from years people say that News Corp wanted to dump Fox and wanted to sell it eventually. This is just maybe just chatter. I don't know because it is diminishing returns on cable, even though they were number one. And of course, you can't sell a product like that if you have a, a your most famous host is someone who's as controversial or provocative as Tucker Carlson. So I've heard those sort of rumblings for a long time. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, it's it's amazing that it still exists in the form that it does to begin with. One thing I do find troubling though is that with the let's say, let's say the cable cord cutting does accelerate the way that uh, people have been saying, and that it, I do believe it's happening even faster than what the projections three, four, five years ago anticipated. But YouTube is so powerful, Chad. And YouTube is ideologically where Twitter was before Elon bought it. And that's what I think people haven't necessarily, if you're know, if you not really active on YouTube, you don't watch much there. That's becoming the single, mo- I mean, it is the most single powerful digital video platform, but I think it's becoming... Um, a replacement for a lot of people for where they get their news specifically. And there are a bunch of damn communists running that place. I don't know what we're supposed to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, and thankfully there's some, well, what's happening with Twitter is, is what the show is supposed to be on is, is Elon's launching. This is what Tucker's producers told me that he's launching a video service. that's meant to compete with YouTube. Um, I was told the name is supposed to be X video because everything's being branded under X like SpaceX and X Corp is now what owns Twitter. That sounds like like a dirty site to me, but so maybe they'll change the name. I don't know. Or maybe that's a part of the troll. But allegedly what Tucker's show is eventually going to be on is this YouTube competitor that's run through Twitter. So hopefully that could maybe help with the free speech issues and ideological yeah. problems of YouTube and maybe I mean- really put a dent in them. I like Rumble. And I know people will be shouting at me right now, like, what about Rumble? I'm like, well, that's fine. R- you know, YouTube is an arm of Google, which is a subsidiary of Alphabet. I mean, it's like the most powerful company in the world. <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> right. I, as much as like, as much as I think Rumble is great, and I do, and I love that they're free speech over there, and that's great. Like, it's not Google Alphabet. You know, it's not. You know, uh, so anyway, I, I, I just think we got to We got to sort of stay focused on what reality is here. I want to ask you a couple of uh, pride questions, Chad. When we come back in a second. But first up, you know, the towels you have are probably a little worn, right? It's one of those things you don't think to change that often. And let me tell you, um, having great towels, it's just such a nice thing because it feels better. You're using them every day. They're if they're more absorbent, if they're softer to the touch, but if they're also more durable, so you get more value out of them. It's win all around, right? Mike Lindell's My Towels are the best. The six-piece towel set is phenomenal. Made with USA cotton, very absorbent, but still provides that soft feel that, you know, you have when you go to like a fancy hotel. But you can have that at home with the six-piece towel set. Set comes with two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailing for $99.98. For a short time, you can get the set for $25 when you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code BUCK. That's promo code B-U-C-K. When you go to MyPillow.com, 70% Plus in savings, six piece towel set, $25, amazing value. Get it today. 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. 
Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, get this clearance price of $25 on the uh, for the towel set. Enter promo code buck at MyPillow.com, get the six-piece towel set. Also look for other great specials. All right, Chad. Uh, the Biden White House flies the pride flag over the weekend and says, you know, something like America is a nation of pride. Uh, which I guess is like a play on words um, or a double entendre or whatever. What do you think? What do you, what do you think when you see this? Cause for a lot of people, I know the sentiment starts to feel like, uh, is, is there, does anyone understand there can be too much of a celebration of anything? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little grotesque, isn't it? And it's back that, that, that new weirdo pride flag with the chevrons on it, which uh, I think it's actually like a, a flag of like division. It's not really a unity flag. It even looks like a divisive flag. It looks, you know, violent and evil. And, and it's also one that is meant to divide the community. I mean, it's all trans focused and race focused. And it's just the most bizarre thing ever. Um, and so even flying that flag is strange. But then, of course, Biden in his tweet about it. I mean, obviously, he's not the one tweet, tweeting, but then makes the needs to make the case that we're standing up for transgender children or whatever, if he couldn't be even more creepy and disgusting. When you see that flag now, that's all you can think about. All you can think about is uh, what they're doing to kids, the stuff in schools, the transing of kids. It's disgusting. It's not like even like a little innocent rainbow, like, okay, we're going to like, you know, let an identity group have their day at the White House. It seems a little more sinister than that. And, um, and also like at this point, it has absolutely nothing to do with like, what gay rights or recognition it's all about this bizarre queer critical theory ideology that's what that flag is it has nothing to do with individual people or or rights or or anything of that nature is there is there a a growing sense in some quarters uh within the gay community chad that this activist uh it seems like all in stance on trans hormones and surgery for minors and drag queen story hour like and there's always this harnessing of of gay rights to this issue as though these are the same issues that i'm sitting here and i'm like look i'm not in any of these communities so to speak but they're not the same issue yeah yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's, I, I mean, this is perhaps anecdotal. I guess the only way you can quantify this with data is if you look at the gay, how gay votes increased for Donald Trump in 2020 to 2016, which had doubled to nearly 30% in 2020 compared to about 15% in 2016 for Donald Trump. So I think you're seeing not only this, what's happening with the sort of LGBTQIAS2S++ whatever, uh, being just solely focused on gender ideology and queer theory and this radical kid stuff. But you're also seeing it coincide with the time where gay people are growing up. They have their rights and they're concerned with kitchen table issues. And so, you know, they're watching this wacky stuff happening on the left. And then maybe they're thinking, eh, you know, like maybe I want lower taxes. Maybe I want safe streets. 15% of same-sex couples now have at least one child at home compared to 38% of straight couples. So yeah, I think you're seeing a move. I think you're seeing a big division in this. I think you're seeing a lot of gay people who are are leaving the left and the Democrat Party based on they're getting older. Uh, the Republican Party no longer really cares about this stuff. And they're also watching this insanity that's happening on the left and these really horrible things that are being done and committed in the name of them and in their identity. What is, I hear this term used a lot. Um, 
and just just in in layman's terms, right? What is queer theory? Like, what what is that even? I hear it talked about. What is it? What yeah. is it? What does it mean? I mean, if I tried to unpack it, I would have an aneurysm. But you can think of it as like like critical race theory's gender cousin. You know, yeah. it's like it's like an academic philosophy about essentially you know gender being a social construct and then you know sexuality. Which and, and so there, is are there like anti- are there tiers of tiers of oppression within it? Is that it's like intersectionality, but right. gender, not yes. race? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. And when you think of it, and, and one of the main arguments is that gender is absolutely not real; it's completely made up, and people are born blank slates, and they're all conditioned a certain way. Which, if that's true, that like negates the whole argument of what a homosexual is, which is someone who's same sex attracted, because queer theory literally says there's no such thing as sex or gender. Uh, so it's it it's not. It's a, it's a bizarre Marxist theory that has been, that has co-opted the gay rights movement and the massive infrastructure the gay rights movement has built over the last few decades. The amount of money that those organizations have, it's been co-opted by this strange academic gender theory that's that's absolute right. just Marxism. I mean, Chad, as as a gay man, like what what is the like the gay the gay rights movement? I mean, yeah, you can always argue that there's. You know, there are, uh, you know, perceptions can change or whatever in society. But in terms of like as a legal matter, what are the other what are the other gay rights that the gay rights movement is supposed to be fighting for? Right. It almost feels like there's this there's this army of activists that have to find a war to fight. And so transgenderism becomes that war because the other war, what are they fighting? Well, and even ironically, and you're you're correct about that, and there aren't any rights that we don't have. But ironically, these people who talk nothing about violence and they start and they talk about if you don't use someone's pronouns, you're literally killing them or you're you're helping kids commit suicide or whatever. Well, you know, there are places in the world where they could cosplay as heroes and activists, and they're not in the United States. They're in the 60 something nations that still criminalize homosexuality, especially those that still put gays to death, you know, places like Iran and Afghanistan. And by the way, in Afghanistan, uh, it during the American occupation, you couldn't uh, put gay people to death. As soon as Joe Biden's disastrous pullout, what's one of the first things the Taliban did? They reinstated the death penalty for homosexuality. So there are places in the world where these people could go and maybe try to have a difference and actually do humanitarian work. Instead, they try to focus on dismantling systems here and and pushing everyone and, and uh, mutilating, experimenting on children for some sick reason. Yeah, well, Chadwick, we'll continue to talk to you about this and more. When does Tucker, the book, come out? It is available for pre-order now, anywhere you get your books. So you can go to tuckerthebook.com, and then it comes out July 18th. So if you order it now, you'll get that book shipped to you on July 18th. I mean, since you're doing a podcast with me, I want a signed copy, obviously. I'll buy it. Obviously. I'll buy it, because I like to support the (laughs) author, but you got to sign it for me, all right? Deal? Of course. Sounds good, my man. Thank you and good work. We'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T. 
the number two t.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.